0: On today's episode of Marketing Clock, we talked about new analytics for Instagram and Facebook.
1: A boatload of Bing Ads changes.
0: Pinterest carousels.
1: Oh, and we talked about the government tapping all those portal devices.
0: And Jess talked in French. We oui. marketing a clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn.
1: And I'm Jess Budd.
0: And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on November 9th, 2018. Remember, you can catch us live without a net Fridays on YouTube in the morning, or you can consume us anytime via your favorite podcasting player.
1: Yes, and do follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for the links from all of today's articles.
0: First up this week, Facebook has begun rolling out new analytics for both Facebook pages and for Instagram accounts. And these two new additions to the analytics suite are called Instagram account analytics and advanced analytics (laughs) for Facebook pages. They will be rolling out over the next several months, and you'll be able to find them, at least the Facebook, in the Facebook analytics dashboard. For Instagram, you'll be able to find these in the Instagram Insights uh, section. And with the new improvements to Instagram, you'll be able to find deeper levels of engagement metrics, retention rates, lifetime values of users who interact with your Instagram con- content. And you'll also be able to create segments around engaged audiences, which I thought was pretty cool. Wow, that's that's actually really, really nice. Yeah. And you can see the overlap of people who had downloaded an app, visited a website, or just engaged with an Instagram page or a Facebook page, which is pretty cool. You can see the overlap between the two. Absolutely. That's so cool. Um, And then for the new Facebook page analytics, it's going to go beyond the post-level metrics for pages. And admins will be able to use the new analytics in combination with what the current analytics are to make, again, new segments, track conversions, and the path to purchase, and also to compare the audience demographics by channel and all, and by activity, so how they interacted with the page. Um, it is going to be rolling out, but if you want to try to get in there early, there is a link. We'll have it in the show notes today. It's a big, long link with a number at the <laughs> end, so I'm not going to spew it off here. Head over to marketingclock.com and grab that, but you can sign up to try to get early access for your Facebook page.
1: How very sneaky of you, slash yeah. helpful.
0: The thing, the thing that's really nice about this to me is that they're – Paying more, th- I mean, Instagram has kind of obviously surpassed Snapchat now. And by building these tools out and building these analytics out around there, you can see just how invested Facebook is in Instagram. And it's been one of the banes of existence for Instagram <laughs> users is the horrific analytics that we've had, even with the, the version that came out in 2016. So this is a welcomed look at Hopefully, something to, that marketers can can use to help them with their marketing on Instagram. So I am excited personally about this.
1: Do you think they're going to take it to the next level and let us use some of those insights and audience segments for ads?
0: That would make sense if I was trying to make money. And if I was Mr. Zuckerberg, I would want that. I'd want more money than less money. And doing that would, would <laughs> make would. a lot of sense to me. So, I mean, who knows? But that would be a, a kind of clear next step, at least if, if I was running the show.
1: I think so. I mean, since everyone's out there copying Google, that's what Google does. There you go. Analytics, so. I quit.
0: Heading over to Facebook, new CEO.
1: <laughs> yes. Boom. Speaking of copying Google, this isn't fair. Uh, I'm going to stop saying that. So Bing is rolling out ad scripts for Bing ads, and this is really exciting. They've been kind of catching up on all sorts of things lately, and uh, this is big news this week. They announced Wednesday that scripts are rolling out to all Bing ads accounts.
0: Okay, and let's take a step back. Yeah. Ad scripts. How do you use ad scripts? What are they?
1: Oh, that's a tough technical question. It's a script, a piece of, I guess, code or a script yeah, JavaScript. that you can put into your account and basically let you make bulk changes or, um, you know... Yeah. Bulk changes, help you manage your account at a high level. And it does things for you. Basically, it's automation for your ad account and it's way better. It's like automated rules on caffeine.
0: Exactly. It's like a it's like it's a custom automation that you can build. Thank Perfect. You. Great, great. That damage.
1: was way better. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee this morning. So. Just like what you could do in Google Ads, you're going to be able to apply, um, like I said, these scripts to your Bing accounts. Again, if you've never used them before, or even if you have, the article um, gives a lot of resources to help you get started. Talks about some of the differences as well between the Bing Ads scripts and Google Ads scripts that you may be used to using. So definitely make sure that uh, you guys go head over to the show notes and get that information because there's a lot in there and it's really just too much and too nitty gritty to talk about.
0: Yeah, and the the big thing that I think is going to be a benefit here that Microsoft did really well is that they looked ahead and had kind of this find and replace function so that you can take some pre-existing Google ad scripts and then you can easily modify those so that they work within the realm of Bing ads. That's amazing. And to Jess's point as well, there is another article, and we'll throw these in the notes as well, from uh, Christy Olson over, I think she's a uh, an ev- evangelist, is that, is that what they're called? Evangelist yeah. over at Microsoft, <laughs> um, and she uh, she had a really good a good uh, on Search Engine Land article that explained the differences. So what you need to know mm-hmm. the differences between Google Ad Scripts and Bing Ad Scripts. So
1: check that out. Yeah, that's really important. Just don't, don't assume everything's going to be the same.
0: All right, next up, Adobe has forecasted 124 billion dollars in online sales this holiday season. That number is up from $108 billion in 2007 and $94 billion in 2016. Also, a lot of fun facts that they put out. It's a great report. You can check it out. They did a nice job designing it. Over $1 in every six will be spent online. Here's Ever? My, <laughs> I mean, this, this, holiday season, this holiday season. This holiday it's, season. They're making assumptions. Yeah. Who goes to stores? How is this so low? How is it one out of six or over one out of six?
1: I feel like a lot of that is are those black friday people that just they don't even go to sleep on thanksgiving and they go stand in line at at walmart
0: question for you live on the air oh no what percentage of holiday spends are going to come from online versus in store you have six dollars how many are spent in store and how many are spent online
1: one out of six what is that a percentage
0: how many are you spending math question how many are you spending online you have six dollars to spend for all of your holiday gifts
1: I'm probably gonna spend all six of it online. Okay, that's bad. That's bad. We should be supporting small businesses, brick and mortar. I, I.
0: You work at a digital marketing and digital.
1: I, but I'm also a small business owner.
0: Okay. Anyway. So three and three. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm gonna spend all six of my dollars <laughs> online, uh, and I don't know. I I don't know how people have time to do all these uh all these in-store shopping visitations they don't you're right i'm with you sorry next uh, another couple of bullet points from here and again check this out the actual data yourself smartphones alone will be half of traffic but yet a quarter of dollars so something to note that many times people may be a little more comfortable on desktop take a look at your remarketing how to figure across device yada yada um a couple things that are growing just for you e-commerce and brick-and-mortar folks out there. Pick up in-store and fast shipping are kind of some of the up-and-coming asks. Um, another thing, fun fact, that <laughs> Adobe Uncovered, one out of every $7 is spent on the shopper themselves. I'm actually, that seems low. Low? Don't you think? That you seems ever, crazy.
1: like, oh, those mittens are cute. I'll buy no, one for me never. too. No? No?
0: I never like, no, I just need those mittens. Buy things for yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Save that
0: dollar, invest it, let it compound. Mm. There you go. I like mittens. Okay. And the last up, just from their bullet points they had, they said this specific quote Don't forget to work off 100 million calories of eggnog. Adobe. Leave the jokes to us.
1: Yeah, right? What is it? <laughs> so actually, that means they're telling you to get up off your butt and stop shopping on your computer and go to the stores? Is that like a subliminal message or what are they even saying? They're
0: trying to make a joke and it flopped.
1: It's also not 100 million calories in eggnog unless you like drink th- the world's th- supply. They're
0: talking about like through the holiday season.
1: Okay. Oh, like just
0: tips in general? Yeah, they're trying to be funny. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. That was too much of a thinker. <laughs> don't <laughs> I don't think I can do it. <laughs> Next up, Pinterest is rolling out a new, or no, they did. They rolled out a new ad format last week, promoted carousels. So if all y'all marketers out there have ever used carousel ads on Facebook, it's very similar. You can now do this on Pinterest. You can have one ad with several images, up to five right now. And users obviously can scroll through. It's a very engaging format. And each of those images can have its own landing page. So it's really very, very similar to what's going on on Facebook. But this is huge for marketers. Pinterest is such a visual platform. It gives us more opportunities to really showcase if we have, you know, several products or we want to show, you know, product itself and then a product in use. And there's a million different things that you can do with this. And I think especially, like I said, because it's such a visual space, this is really, really helpful for marketers that want to get get people
0: looking at their products. And with the example that they had on the video of the new carousel ads. I take umbrage with a few of their suggestions. First off, the example was Cheerios, and they had, it was a kindness lessons for kids. And the first slide was about suggest kids hug somebody who's having a bad day. Ooh. That's just too broad of <laughs> advice. You need to first, maybe that first slide should be like assess the situation. Like, does the person have a knife? Like, are they drunk? Like, what is happening? And so... The other thing is, this is a terrible example as well to show that you can, because another cool thing with this carousel is you can have each of these different images linked to a different page. What are you going to have? Just a page (laughs) about like, here's how to hug somebody. Maybe it's the infographic (laughs) about assessing that situation. (laughs) And then the other thing they had is uh, sharing is caring and teach kids the more you share, the more happiness you get, which I agree with, except with the juxtaposition of this image where you're actually just sitting around sharing all of your cereal. Like that's the one time I don't want to share. Like I got my cereal. I'm eating it sitting on the couch. I don't want to like hand give me like can't give you some cereal out of my grubby hands. But, but that's that's what
1: they're doing. I mean, you guys should go to the article and look at this picture because they're all sitting on the couch and they've got like their hands in the cereal box. I feel like sharing is like you're both having a bowl and you pop over and pour some more. I don't know. Greg's worried about hugging strangers and, and grimy fingers. But really, this is a cool feature, just a really bad example of it, I guess. Sorry, Cheerios.
0: Absolutely. Next up this week, Google is testing multifaceted featured snippets in desktop search results. Say that fast five times, wouldn't No answer. way. Okay. <laughs> and in case you're not familiar with what those featured snippets are, it's kind of the opposite of the 10 blue links that we like to think of. It's um, could be quick answers. It's... Im- n- information pulled from the knowledge graph and it's where you actually see some text and that answer show up in the results and there are many examples of this being spotted with multiple featured snippets mm. many times it is different than what the actual query is but it kind of furthers a search so an example that they used was garden needs full sun question mark was the query <laughs> <laughs> and one of the snippets was, what garden plants need full sun? And then pull the information right for the user. And then the other example was, what counts as full sun? So in that example, it's great. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how everything works. But it's something that you really need to take a look at if you're seeing your results kind of being overtaken by some of these feature snippets. How can you do that? How can you work better to have a content that shows up there? And also, how can you work better even if you do have content in the feature snippets to get people to actually visit your site.
1: Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about that. Was it last week or the week before? I don't even remember at this point. It's all a blur. But just answering some of those questions, it sounds like these aren't, they might be serving up results that aren't necessarily um, in line with the query. So maybe that's an opportunity for people as well.
0: And that brings us to this week's lightning round.
1: <laughs> First up... Uh, Google has introduced some new ad position metrics. So this is actually really, really cool. Sometimes, and I didn't really even think about this this in depth until I read this article, but you'll see that you're in the top position according to your average position in reporting. But really, you could be all the way down at the bottom of the page if the first ads are served beneath the organic results. So Google's doing their best to be a little bit clearer about where exactly your ads are showing uh, with these new position metrics. They're using words like top to indicate ads that are above the organic search results and absolute top, which means <laughs> they, their words, not mine, what most people think of when they think number one. So literally the first thing on the page. But I like that it, it's absolute top, but they're yeah. just, it's what people think.
0: <clears throat> that was a funny joke you, you just mentioned there where you're saying that the organic content might be above the ads. That's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it like once in my
0: travels. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think out uh, I and mean, go check out the metrics. I, I thought that the impression top percentage again is is the ads that are shown everywhere above organic search results. I'm guessing that's gonna be a hundred percent. But um yeah, definitely some cool new metrics for your ards. Your ards. <laughs> All right. Next up, Google Search Console experiments with domain properties. Hallelujah. That is from me, not Google. What you can do now in Search Console is you can have um, not just a bare domain, but you can have uh, subdomains, fragments, related domains, and so that you don't have to claim each and every single subdomain or version of a secure site, a www site, a non-www site it's been something that's a huge pain in the neck mm-hmm. for a long time and Google is working to fix that.
1: Your hallelujah was not enthusiastic enough at all. Hallelujah. hallelujah.
0: <laughs> all right. And uh, the other thing that I was a little bit concerned about is this all sounds great until the part in the article where it says Google currently creates them for you. That's like
1: oh, oh no. No.
0: <laughs> no. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. So maybe I was on point the first time
1: around. You're right. Sorry. Next up, there have been some updates to Google My Business that have rolled out over uh, the last couple of days. Businesses that aren't open yet can specify an opening date on their listing, so it's great for building awareness ahead of time. You can still show up on a map and let people know when your doors are actually going to open. You can also enter in a service area that is different from your actual business location, so it's a region that your business serves. This is good for people that you know say they run deliveries or they offer a service that's not necessarily at their business, but they do have to put in their address where they're located. They did note, excuse me, with this, that service areas now that you have listed as a radius around your business will no longer be supported. So if you're using that, you need to go in and update your listing. They want things like zip code, region, they said, which is a little ambiguous to me, um, and city.
0: Okay, next up. Google, will or Chrome rather, will soon block an entire website if it shows abusive ads. So if there is something that is misleading, malicious, um not only can you have that page blocked, but you may get your entire website blocked. Wow. So that is just another lesson in life on why you should just be nice.
1: And not hug strangers with a knife.
0: Yeah. Go listen website. to that Cheerios Pinterest ad.
1: <laughs> Sharing is caring. And if you like what you see on Instagram or excuse me, IGTV, you can share it. Instagram just tweeted that you can share your favorite. This is a quote. Now you can share your favorite IGTV videos to your story. Tap the paper airplane at the bottom of the video that you want to share. When your friends see the story, they can tap to preview to watch the whole video in IGTV.
0: How many IGTV videos have you watched?
1: Zero. I think I watched one by accident because I, <laughs> I, I clicked something. I was like, get me out of here.
0: <laughs> My favorite part of this is that the one thing that is the le- probably the least I'd, I'd ever share they allow you to share now. Yeah. Like, let me like reshare somebody else's tweet. I have to download some app and I got to repost and do all these different things. No, I, I'm not <laughs> never going to share an IGTV post in <laughs> my stories. Get it, get this out of here. Get it out of here. Okay. Next up, Google is notifying users if they're unclear subscription pages. Ooh. Going along that effort of being nice, Google will now be kind of asking, you know, is the billing information visible and obvious to users? Can customers easily see the costs they're going to incur before accepting the terms? Is the fee structure easily understandable? And the example shows that when people are putting their information in, they <laughs> don't know that all these things are happening, and then there comes up a big error on the page, a big warning sign. This is why I'm giggling. Not error, a big warning <laughs> sign that says, the page ahead may try to charge you money, ah! and you can go back or you can proceed. So... Pretty nice for unsavvy tech folks out there.
1: Yes, yeah, so like, yes, never mind, no comment. You can now track your campaign goals with AI powered performance targets on Bing ads. They announced this week you can set weekly or monthly targets for your spend, clicks, or cost per click for groups of campaigns. You can also forecast performance and see actual trends over time. This seems really cool. I wrote neat in my notes it seems neat but the thing that I really would like a little bit more than clicks and spend is CPA that would be nice get a little bit of uh, good a little bit of help with more important metrics but it's the start of something good I think yes
0: <clears throat> the one thing I, I again I think this looks cool but well I think that technology is cool but I look at mm-hmm. it and it's like oh this is Bing ads. They need like Aww. Dr. 90210 or like those those fellows from like Nip Tuck or something to like just give this thing a whole facelift, <coughs> look at the, make it look much, much better. And I feel like people use it, it's just so clunky. You know, it's like, yeah. what do you think of Bing ads? It's, it's, you look at it and they just feel like stress. Yes, it's a
1: little bit difficult, but I don't know if those fellows from Nip Talk could do anything because <laughs> they haven't been around know. in like 75 years. Just have some faith. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, next up, everybody's favorite video calling platform. <laughs> Portal has <laughs> updated the privacy and security. <laughs> I just I keep seeing these ads on uh, on TV and everything, and it's just like, what is going on with Portal? I just hear you in my head every portal. time. Hey Portal! Poke <laughs> jazz, yeah. <Pope> Jess, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so they have updated some of the privacy and security, and they say that we do not listen to view or keep the contents of your Portal video calls. <laughs> this means nothing. You say on a portal video call can be accessed by Facebook or used for advertising.
1: I don't believe that. They just <laughs> said that
0: they – never <laughs> yeah. mind. Who knows? It's like yeah. they just flip-flop every week. Yeah. They also say that portal calls are encrypted, so your calls are secure, and that it runs locally on portal but not on Facebook servers. But again, the big thing here is that they're saying that it will not, um, it will not be accessed for advertising.
1: Okay, but can the government still like tap your portal if they want to hear what you're saying? Is that a thing?
0: Let's get a couple people on portal first before <laughs> we try to hack it.
1: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of technology that should be useful, Alexa is now available on Windows 10 PCs. So if you are on a Windows 10 computer, you can head over to the Microsoft Store and download. This is not a an ad for them, I'm just saying. It's something you could do. It's not that exciting though to me because it seems like all it can do right now is turn your music up and down and, and turn off the lights in another yeah. room because it connects to your smart devices. But they did say that PC specific capabilities will be added in early 2019. So stay tuned.
0: I, I read this and I get like jealous of people that have their stuff together that much that you can be like, Oh, I'm going to make a hotspot on my windows 10 PC (laughs) to get my Alexa to turn up the music. Like that's, I don't know.
1: I I have an Alexa on my thermostat and she can't even adjust the thermostat for me. So
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) I don't, I, I can't with this. All right.
0: And then next up, Google creepy search algorithm update Mm. continues. There's stronger volatility. There was an update that came on Halloween, I believe, and is still kind of having some waves coming behind it, It continuing this very volatile year. I don't see anything specific as to industries targeting this. Um, It's just uh, general updates. Sweet. Bonjour.
1: (laughs) I had no good segue at all, and I didn't know how to say "sweet" in French. But uh, if you do, you can use Pinterest ads now to target either uh, users that are in France, and French businesses can now get on Pinterest ads. You, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got, really. It's the first non-English speaking country where promoted pins are available. So hopefully more are to come. And you know, for all our international advertisers out there that are listening, uh, we.
0: (laughs) All right, next up, lazy loading images and video have a new developer information on how to make that work with your organic search efforts. If you don't know what lazy loading is, it's not loading all of the material on a page until it actually comes into display so that you'd have a kind of placeholder image. The minute that it pulls up on your screen, you then load it to save some bandwidth and make it easier on your visitors But it can also lead to some issues. Google put out a big how to use lazy loading. And again, the more content that we get from that, the better off it is. Check it out if you are using lazy loading video. And that brings us to this week's must read marketing article of the week. An article so in depth, so detailed that we cannot cover it all on this week's episode. And this week, the episode is called Don't Blink. Three often overlooked practices for highly effective content. I also kind of lied a minute there. It's not that in-depth, but I thought it was really, really pertinent, and it's something that people just kind of look past.
1: Don't lie.
0: Well, it's just, I mean, we could cover it, yeah. but it's, it's, it's I want to get people some helpful stuff here. And yes. I think that especially people get really one tr- one-tracked, and I thought this was a very, very sensible article in an insensible world. Unsensible? Insensible?
1: not sensible, not sensible <laughs> world.
0: And they talked about ways that you can kind of have things work long term while also working today. Just a lot of really, really kind of tangible takeaways from this. Um, and that author of the article was Lane Ellis, and it's over on the top rank blog. So check it out, head over to marketing clock, you can click in the upper right and just make it right on over to the article this week.
1: That's awesome. I love a good come back to earth article. Just yes. read about that. Does that do it? Is that it? Did we do it for today's show?
0: Yes. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock.
1: Remember, you can catch all the content from today's show on marketingoclock.com or in the descriptions below. Make sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single episode.
0: And we will see you next week.
1: Adios. Au revoir.
0: Au revoir. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to Shooting the Heck, where we don't talk about marketing.
1: We just shoot the heck.
0: All right. And on this week's hidden episode of Shooting the Heck, I want to talk about something I've been thinking about deeply lately. <laughs> Can't wait. Artificial flavorings. Whoa. And I just, I don't know. I keep thinking about it. It's the season. And I came up with a new segment called Let's Go or Heck No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to talk to you about some artificial flavorings. And I want to hear if you think it's a let's go or a heck no.
1: Okay. okay. What are the rules? You're going to tell me the flavor and I say I like it?
0: Yes. Personally or for the it's world? A, it's a let's go or heck no. You but decide. like in general. Okay. You decide. I'll, I'll just. You have the okay. power. Cool. Okay. So first up, I think I know the answer here. <laughs> But I was in Wegmans this morning, a local supermarket, and I was surprised at how many flavors of Diet Coke there are. Mm-hmm. What do you think about artificial flavoring of Diet Coke? Let's go. Let's go.
1: I'm. A, I'm a, okay, so I don't, I don't know how many flavors you have, so I don't want to get into it. But if you're already drinking Diet Coke, it's already artificial. Like, throw some flavors in there.
0: Okay. Next up. Artificial cinnamon flavor, and I have some spicy takes on this. But I want to know what you think <laughs> about artificial what, cinnamon. Can
1: flavor. you give me an example of something that contains artificial cinnamon? Dentine gum. Oh, that cinnamon? Yes. Okay. So big red gum. Ever red. since childhood, like still burns my tongue. You it know, does it's, to me too. Okay, thank you. I thought like, I was the only person. No, there's two of us. Okay, good. It's disgusting. Get
0: rid of it. Okay. I mean, and heck you had no. those like those those hot. What are they called? The hot. The like, hot
1: tamales.
0: The, the, uh, yeah, To me, none of it actually tastes like cinnamon. It just no. tastes like some sugary, horrific thing. But cinnamon actually tastes really good. Cinnamon's it's crazy. delicious. Burning red garbage. Heck no. Okay. I don't know if you have enough experience on this, but the <laughs> artificial smoke taste. I have actually quite a bit of experience okay. about it, with
1: it, and I don't like it. I think natural smoky flavor is amazing, but you can tell when it's like liquid smoke added yeah, to something. It's, it's disgusting.
0: disgusting. No. Get Heck out no. Of here. Heck no. Okay. Next up mint in general mint
1: there's so many mints
0: but it, there's many mints and that's another segment coming up after this segment <laughs> <laughs> how many mints with, with Greg and Jess what do you do you prefer the actual mint taste of a mint plant or artificial mint
1: in real life i like the artificial or the real mint cuz it's got like kind of an earthy flavor but it doesn't work in most things so like gum Needs to be artificial mint.
0: Okay. And this is sort of artificial flavor, but to me, this is one thing that just always, I'm just genuinely curious about. Imitation crab meat.
1: (laughs) 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 I think, I think it's one of my favorite things that exists
0: because it's so stupid. (laughs) It looks like cheese. It, does it taste like crab? I don't even know. What do you I think? I see it and I'm just instantly out. Yes. Like I don't know. And then I I, I start to think: Is it like a fish wearing like a Sebastian suit, <laughs> <laughs> dancing <laughs> around, like imitating? What is going? How do you make this? How do you make imitation crab flavor? It
1: is fish, right? They use fish. No it's was, not like it, it's meat. It's it's real
0: uh, animal flesh. I was gonna look it up, and then I decided it'd be better if I didn't. I agree so with that. You. Okay, two left,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and two my two favorites. The flavoring, artificial flavoring, birthday cake.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Okay. My (laughs) thing is I've never had a birthday cake that tastes like birthday cake flavor. Birthday cake is like always chocolate and stuff like that.
1: But that Funfetti frosting, I think, is the epitome of birthday cake flavor. Okay. You've had that on a cake, I just think
0: it's funny that you can't just call it cake. Like this is the society we're in we have to call it like birthday cake. Well, because like pound
1: cake isn't a birthday cake.
0: It could Maybe be a it is. Cake. I guess
1: if that's what you like, that's what you get on your birthday.
0: We call it vanilla cake. You don't have to call it birthday cake.
1: But birthday is so much more exciting. <laughs> <I guess.
0: laughs> okay. And then here's another one that I always think is strange. Pretzels with the artificial butter flavor added to them.
1: I've never had that. That you sounds You've never disgusting. had them? They're amazing.
0: It sounds super gross and it, it. seems like it'd be super gross and it kind of tastes weird, but it's weird in a good way.
1: Can you describe it for our listeners? What that tastes like, artificial it's butter? It's
0: like a salty, fake taste. Like the fakeness. Mm. It, it's, it's obviously fake, but you kind of trick yourself into liking it. Okay. okay. And then rank the artificial mint flavors. Peppermint, spearmint, wintergreen.
1: That order. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then when to finish this off, what artificial flavor is most closely tied to reality. Grape, watermelon, or sour apple?
1: None of them. Do I have to pick
0: one? You have to pick one.
1: I I was actually just thinking, I'm surprised you hadn't mentioned grape yet, but I think grape is probably the closest, but it's a very particular grape, right? Like a green grape doesn't taste like purple grape, but watermelon... Stuff is disgusting. It tastes like fake. Syrup. I agree. I,
0: who did that? What are they thinking? Like, and then that's just widely acceptable that this is not <laughs> what a watermelon tastes like. No, it's, it's crazy.
1: It's terrible. What do you? I mean, what? How? What is your take? I feel like I gave all my answers. You didn't share at all.
0: I've never had a sour apple. First off, so I don't know what that. Even but you've is.
1: had a sour apple, like Jolly Rancher or something, right? Yes,
0: but I've never had in reality like a sour apple.
1: I think it's made up. Okay,
0: so I'm. I'm with you. I think grape is closest, but I've never had grapes like that. Mm. And I think They'll watermelon is is good but it is definitely not watermelon they should come up with a new name <laughs> pink <laughs> pink and that does it for this week's episode of marketing and clock bye